The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Journey into Space. April 23rd, 1971. Three weeks since the Mars fleet of nine ships left Earth on the first stage of its 355 million mile journey to the Red Planet. Takeoff had been perfect, but two days out, freighter ship number two gave us trouble. The motor was behaving badly, and so was the radio. Then, Frank Rogers, the pilot of freighter number two, complained of the curious behavior of his crewmate, James Whitaker. We didn't attach much importance to this, as we thought Whitaker was probably suffering from an acute attack of space sickness and would soon recover. When Control requested certain information regarding Whitaker, we began to have our doubts. Uh, Morgan here. Is that Whitaker? Yes, Captain. Uh, look, Whitaker, I'm sorry about this, but I've had a message from Control about you. Yes? I have to ask you a number of questions about yourself for personnel records. All information about me can be found in my personal dossier. <laughs> yes, I realize that, but for some reason, Control insists on having it again. Uh, you ready? Yes. Uh, name? James Edward Whittaker. Date of birth? 12th September, 1940. Uh-huh. Uh, nationality? British. Uh, place of birth? 12th September, 1940. No, place of birth. British. What's he talking about? Hello, Whittaker. James Edward Whittaker. Blimey. What's happening over there? Hello? Hello? 12th September, 1893. 1893? Hello, Whittaker. 12th September, 1893. He must be cracking. Listen, Whittaker, put Rogers on. Rogers is asleep. Then wake him up. He cannot be woken. Wake him up, do you hear? Hmm. It sounds like he's, he's shut his transmitter off. Hello, Whittaker. Hello, freighter number two, discovery calling. Hello? Hello. Hello? Hello? Hello, hello. It's no good, Jet. He's not replying. What's he up to? And Frank, what about Frank? Hello, hello. Now, what's up, Jet? I wish I knew. Well, you don't think number two's radio's gone wrong again, do you? Oh, the ship-to-ship system never was wrong, Mitch. Uh, then you're quite sure it isn't us. Well, we'll soon see. Hello, Space Fleet. Flagship calling Space Fleet. Number one, come in, please. Hello, Flagship. Freighter number one calling. Hearing you loud and clear. Thank you, number one. Just testing, that's all. Hello, number one. Morgan here. Yes, sir. Did you hear me talking to number two just now? Yes, sir. And you heard him reply? I certainly did. Thank you, number one. That's all for now. Yes, sir. Well, that settles that, Mitch. There's nothing wrong with us. So I'll try him again, Jet. Yes, Lemmy. And keep trying. Yes, mate. Flagship calling freighter number two. Come in, please. Still no luck, Lemmy? No, Jet. I don't believe he's even listening. Fifteen minutes I've been calling now. No, switch on the televiewer, will you, Doc? Let's take a look at her. Sure, Jet. Uh, rotate her, Doc. Rotating. Uh, hold it. There she is. Oh, still in formation. 
nothing about it to suggest what's wrong. I'd give anything to know what's going on in there. Well, why don't we go across and see? Oh, fair go, mate. How do we get inside? We can't even ask them to open the door. If one of us went over there and banged on it with a wrench, they should hear that all right. Oh, you big galah. You think they'd realize it was one of us wanting to be let in? Well, they certainly wouldn't think it was the milkman, would they? I think it's worth a try, Jeff. We have no other way of contacting them. Very well. Let me get my suit. Shall I get mine and all? And what for? Well, you're not going out there alone, are you? Are we going across alone? Well, supposing that radio is out again, you'll need me to put it right. I thought you said that was unlikely. Well, it is. Well, you I stay mean, here, Lemmy. Keep trying to contact them. Doc will see me across. All right, I'll get And get those suits and the propulsion unit. Can you see him, Lemmy? Yes. Just come into range of the televiewer. Hello, Major. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I'm outside the main door of number two now. I can see you. Uh, tell Lemmy to give them one more call. Right. Hello, Freighter number two. Discovery calling Freighter number two. Trying to contact you. If you can hear me, come in, please. Not a sausage. It's no go, Jet. You better start knocking. Okay. Here I go. Hey, Mitch. Did you hear that? Well, of course I heard it. I'm not deaf. Hey, Jet, do that again. Jet, we can hear you knocking. Very faintly, but we can hear it. Well, of course. What then? That's impossible. Oh, Jet, we must be hearing it over their mic from inside the ship. Then if their radio's alive, why haven't they answered us? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's any point in your carrying on knocking, Jet. They should be hearing us calling them. Hello, Discovery. Freighter number two calling. Urgent, come in, please. Oh, Mitch, it's Frank. Answer him. Hello, Frank. It's Lemmy here. What's been happening over there, mate? Can I speak to Jet, please? Yeah, he's right outside your ship at the moment trying to get in. Then hook me up. I must talk to him. Yes, mate. Hang on a minute. Hello, Jet. Frank just called up. He wants to talk to you. Frank, then put him on. Hello, Skipper. Have to report that Whitaker is sick. Very ill, I think. What? Yes, sir. Don't feel too good myself. Well, what's the matter? Why didn't you answer when we called? Well, have you been calling? I was asleep. Asleep? But, yes, sir. Uh, when I woke up, I, I found Whitaker over here by the radio. He's flat out, Skipper. I can't rouse him. Listen to me, Frank. Yes, sir. Are you fit enough to get the main door open and let me in? Yes. Then do that. Main door, contact. Hello, Doc. Hearing you. Come on over, will you? Sure thing. Well, there's the main door opening now. Well, Frank is safe anyway. What on earth happened to Whittaker? Filling airlock. Air pressure maximum. Then open the hatch, Rogers, and let us in. Contact. Now, Frank, what's the trouble? And where's with? Good grief, he's, he's standing up. Did you have to leave him like that, Frank, leaning over at that angle? It's the lack of gravity, sir. He was standing upright when I found him. Mm, well, it makes no difference, really, whether he's standing up or lying down, Jed. He's unconscious just the same. Well, let's get him over to his bunk. Seeing him like that with his eyes open but lifeless, it's... It's uncanny. Right, Jet. Untie his boots and I'll be able to carry him over. Oh. That's one. Yeah, and there's the other. Right, Doc. He's all yours. Can hey. I help? You stay here, Frank. I'd like to talk to you. Yes. Hello, Discovery. Morgan calling. Oh, hello, Jet. So you made it, okay? What's the trouble over there? I'll tell you when I know myself. This was just to let you know we arrived safely. I'll call you later. Right. Now, Frank, let's get to the bottom of this. 
Why didn't you answer us? If I'd known you were calling, Skipper, I would have. But good heavens, man, the radio's loud enough, isn't it? Do you want an alarm clock, too? I'm afraid it didn't wake me. What time did you go to sleep? Oh, about two hours ago. Did you take a pill? No, Jet, but while I was sleeping... Well? I had the most horrible dream. One of those nightmares when you know if you don't wake up, something terrible will happen to you. And when I, when I did finally wake, it was to find things as they were when I called you. It was a ghastly experience, Jet. I thought I was back on Earth, but the funny thing was... Oh, you was... don't have to give me details of your dream. No, sir. Now, what was Whittaker doing when you went to bed? Sitting at the radio on watch. You didn't notice anything odd about him then? No, more than usual. He didn't have a word to say. Well, Doc, still unconscious. Any idea why? No. I can't understand it at all, Jet. I can find nothing wrong with him, but I can't rouse him. Well, if it's just sleep, Doc, it must have come upon him very suddenly. It certainly did. That's why he was still standing up when Rogers found him. Anyway, I don't tend to leave him before he's awake again. Look, that may be hours. Maybe. You go back to Discovery, Jet, if you want to. I'll stay here. But that means Frank virtually running the ship on his own. You can't share his watches and stay with Whittaker at the same time. I can manage for a few hours anyway, sir. No. I have a better idea. What? Do you think we could move Whittaker over to Discovery? Well... He doesn't weigh anything, sir. It'd only be a matter of towing him across. Rogers, you almost sound as though you'd be glad to get rid of him. Uh, well, it's not that, sir. Look, it... under the circumstances, Doc, if we can move him, I think we should. All right, give him an hour. If he doesn't wake by then, I'll consider it. Right. Air pressure maximum. Hatch opening. Can I help, Doc? If you don't mind, Lemmy. Uh, put him on Mitch's bunk, will you? Hand him up, then. Hello, freighter number two. Flagship calling. Hi, flagship. Mitchell speaking. You made it safely, Mitch? Yeah, Jeff, thanks. Let me know as soon as it's okay for me to come back. These freighter cabins are a bit too cramped for my liking. Well, that all depends on Whittaker and how soon he's fit to return. I'll call you later. Righto. Hey, Jeff. No? He's waking up. I'm uh, going. All right, Whittaker. Now, take a drink of this. It'll make you feel better. Where am I? You're aboard the Discovery. How did I get here? Doc and I went over to your ship and brought you back. And what was I doing all that time? Sleeping. At least that's what you appeared to be doing. Can't a man sleep without he has to be hauled from one ship to another, without even being consulted? Now, take it easy. You fell asleep standing on your feet. That's not natural. Under gravityless conditions? What I mean is you fell asleep in the middle of talking to me. Oh, yes, I remember. Records had lost my dossier. I didn't say so. I merely said they wanted information about you. Do they still want it? Yes. Then get it over with. What do you say, Doc? I think we'd better wait a bit, Jet. At least until I've looked him over. Ask your questions, Captain Morgan. No, you'll stay where you are until Doc considers you're fit to get up. Later, I'll have you transferred to another freighter. I'm not going back to number two. No. But number two is my ship. I must go back to it. I'm sorry, Whittaker, but under the circumstances, that will not be possible. You and Rogers don't get along too well. One of you has to be moved. Then it'll be Rogers. He's the one who complains. Whittaker, if I decide to move you, you'll move. Yes, sir. Meanwhile, you'll stay here. But if I'm to move anyway, why can't it be now? Because I want you to stay here. Now, is that clear? Yes, sir. All right, Doc. He's all yours. I'll question him later. Sure, Jeff.
Whitaker rested, much against his will, for six hours. At the end of that time, the only report I could give Jet was that he was fit and well. Physically, at any rate. In due course, Jet got the information he required and had it radioed back to base. As to the cause of the strange, deep sleep that had so suddenly overtaken Whitaker, I was none the wiser. Nor apparently was he. But if I learned nothing else, after spending an hour or so with Whitaker, I could appreciate how difficult Frank Rogers had found him. There was some indefinable, well, atmosphere surrounding Whitaker that made me uncomfortable just to be near him. I said nothing of this to Jet, not at first. And then I didn't need to. When Whitaker was fit enough to take up his duties again and began moving about the cabin, Jet and Lemmy noticed it too. The tension in the ship began to mount. And then, less than 24 hours after Whitaker had joined us, something happened that drove all thoughts of his behavior from our minds. Hello, flagship. Freighter number five calling Discovery. Come in, please. Hello, number five. Discovery calling. Over. Can I speak to Captain Morgan, please? Have special report. Hold on a minute, Bill. I'll get him. Hey, Jet. Yes, Lemmy? Number five says he has a special report. Oh, what, what about? He didn't say. Hello, Jet. It's the radar. What about it? Well, unless the thing's gone crazy, there's something pretty solid in front of us, and it lies right across our course. What? We're getting, Are you sure? We're getting echoes back from something, and it's pretty big. Well, how big? Well, difficult to tell at this stage. How strong are the signals? Very faint, but they're there. All right, number five, keep constant watch, will you? I'll get the other ships to see if they can pick up anything. Yes, sir. Let me call up the fleet. Tell them to sweep the area directly before us, see if they can confirm number five's report. Yes, Jet. Hello, space fleet. Flagship call in space fleet. Have special message for all ships. Come in, please. Uh, Doc. Yes, sir. Uh, open up the radar, will you? We might as well join in the search oh, ourselves. Right. Number five. What do you think it can be, Jeff? Well, I think it's number five's radar going haywire. That's what, but we'd better check to make sure. Signals aren't very strong, but there's no denying them. So I can see. Uh, you got all the reports in yet, Lemmy? Just waiting for number seven. Hello, flagship. Number seven calling. Ah, talk of the devil. Hello, number seven. Receiving you. Have full report of first hour's radar watch on specified area. Can you take it? Go ahead. Echoes definitely received. Estimated distance of object 1,300,000 miles. Position dead uh, ahead. Whittingham, uh, take over here, will you? Keep watching for further orders. Yes, please. Come on, Doc. Let's take a look at the reports. See what they can tell us. Right. but what it is, I haven't a clue. It seems to be about a million miles away, some six or seven thousand miles in width and the same in height. Hmm. And depth? I wish I knew. But whatever it is, it's directly in our path. Couldn't be an asteroid, could it? No, I doubt it. If it were, its dimensions would be about the same as the Earth's moon, and there's no known asteroid of that size that I'm aware of, and certainly none that come between the orbits of Earth and Mars. Well, how rapidly are we approaching it? Well, if we can depend on these reports, and they all seem to agree, I'd say we'll reach it in about 33 hours. <laughs> if it's a large, solid body, that doesn't give us much time to get out of its way, does it? Well, it might, of course, get out of ours. Yeah, but it hasn't moved since number five first reported it. No, that's true. Look... I'll have to notify Control, Doc. See what ideas they have about it. Let's hope they're good. That they can tell us how to avoid it, if we have to. Any reply yet, Lemmy? No, Jim. Well, how much longer are they going to be? It's four hours since we told them. Here we are, getting closer to it all the time. 
Uh, sooner it'll be too late for us to do anything, we'll have overtaken the thing. Yeah, we won't need Earth to tell us what it is then. Hello, Space Fleet. Oh. Control calling Space Fleet. Flagship Discovery. Come in, please. Oh. Hello, Control. Discovery here, receiving you. Go ahead. Now we wait ten seconds while the radio wave travels down to Earth and back again. Oh. I'll better switch on the recorder. Jeff, be all ready for them when they do come. Yeah, I'll do it, Lenny. Oh, thank you. Hello, Discovery. Here's a reply to your message of April 24th, 1700 hours, universal time. Unable to say with certainty what the object might be. Oh, that's a great help. Possibility that it may be one of these things. Meteor swarm, comet dust, or cloud of ionized gas. If either of the first two, suggest evasive action be taken as soon as practicable. If ionized gas, you can expect to pass through it safely with no adverse results, other than a temporary upsetting of electronic equipment. And they'll all come running to me. A more accurate estimation of the object's identification may be deduced from radar data received when you're closer to it. Keep us fully informed. Suggest hourly. End of message. Thank you, Control. Message received. Keep listening out, please. Well, Jet, what is it? Meteors, comic dust, or what do you call it? Ionized gas? I wish I knew. As for the first two, they're much the same thing and equally dangerous. Look, tell Control I'll call them again in 30 minutes. Then get Mitch on the intercom for me, will you? So your guess is meteors, is it, Mitch? For safety's sake, I think we should treat it as though it were. Take evasive action. Yes, but that'll mean changing course. Well, that's better than being battered to pieces, isn't it? Oh, well, we're safe enough for a bit. We're not likely to meet the outer layers of the swarm for some hours yet. That gives us plenty of time to get you back into this ship. If we're changing course, you'll have to be here. I shan't be sorry. Being a member of a freighter crew can get darn dull. Well, think yourself lucky you don't have to do it all the time. I most certainly do. Uh, very well, Mitch. I'll call you again. Now wait for one more report from Earth. If they still can't tell us for certain what that thing is, we'll act on our own. Wacko. Oh, how's Frank, by the way? Well, fine. Couldn't be better. Having the right man to crew with uh, can make a lot of difference, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by that. <laughs> I mean, if you've got any sense, you won't send Whittaker back to this ship. Oh, I don't intend to. Okay, hear from you later, then. Okay. Well, Doc, how far from it are we now? About half a million miles. Mm, Seventeen hours to go. Less. We'll be well into the outskirts of the thing before that, no matter what it is. Meteors or gas. Well, the most urgent thing is to pick a ship for Whittaker. Mm. Get him shifted and get Mitch back here where he belongs. Where do you intend sending him? I don't know. If he has the same effect on other crews as he had on Frank, wherever we send him could well be disastrous. Well, there's Johnson in number seven. He's about the toughest freighter pilot we have. I don't think anything would upset him. Oh, isn't he the chess fiend? Yeah, he's used to silence. <laughs> well, I don't know if that'll count for much, but I do know there's very little Johnson can't take. Yeah, I'll send Whittaker to number seven. Look, wouldn't it be fair to call up Johnson and ask if he minds? Well, I'll call him, yes, Doc, but I'm afraid he'll be taking him whether he likes it or not. Well, you better do it now, then, Jet, while Whittaker's still asleep. All right, but we better wake him and let me in a minute. The sleeping period's about mm, over. Uh, Maybe I... uh, What's that? No, no, no. Lemmy! Help! What on earth's the matter with him? Come on, Doc. Uh, Lemmy, what's the matter? Uh, Lemmy! Oh, what is it, Doc? I don't know. Lemmy! Lemmy! Answer me! Lemmy! Uh, that's quiet and him. Here, Lemmy. Lemmy, wake up, do you hear? Oh. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> oh. oh, it's you, Jet. Uh, where are we? What are you talking about? Calm down, Lemmy. You're in the Discovery. Discovery? But Jet and Albert were, were... On the way to Mars. Mars? 
Mars. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. Oh, it's you, Doc, isn't it? Who else? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, it all comes back to me now. What happened? Did you have a bad dream? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. A dream. That's what it was, wasn't it, Doc? It, it didn't really happen, did it? I couldn't have left this ship, could I? I mean, I... No, Lemmy, no. You've been lying on that bunk for the last five hours, sleeping. Oh. Oh, thank goodness. That was about the most horrible dream I ever had. But it was only a dream. Now pull yourself together and get down out of that bunk. I've got work for you to do. Yes, Jack. Here, let me undo your straps. <coughs> thank you, Doc. There you are. Now, go on, get down. Oh. Oh, is Mitch still asleep? Oh. Oh, no. No, it's him. Jet, it's the same fellow. Let me. What's he doing here? Where's Mitch? Let me shut up. Mitch is in freighter, too. You know darn well he is. What are you carrying on like this for? Then, then who's this? Whittaker, of course. Whittaker? What's the matter with you? Have you lost your mind or something? I had him transferred to the ship two days ago. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes. So you did, but, but Jet, he, he... He was in your dream, Lemmy? Yes, Doc, he was. Gave you quite a shock to see him lying there, huh? Yes, it did. Me, too. How do you mean, Doc? In spite of all the commotion, Jet, Whitaker hasn't even stirred. No, that's true. He hasn't. I'll tell you, Jet, there's something about that bloke. He's a jinx. He's putting the mockers on the old fleet. Hey, Whitaker. Whitaker. Yes, Captain. You're awake. Yes, sir. Well, didn't you hear all that row just now? No, sir. Then you must be deaf. No, sir. Just waiting for you to wake me. I have to transfer to freighter number seven. Oh, that's right. You... Hey, wait a minute. How do you know? Isn't it true, then? Yes, it is. But you were asleep when I decided which ship you'd go to. Now, how did you know that? It was a foregone conclusion. Johnson's the only person in this whole fleet who will put up with my company. Unlike Mr. Barnett here. I don't want to be rude, mate, but you're right. The sooner you leave this ship, the better I'll like it. Now, Lemmy. And if they transferred you to number nine, you'd still be too close for me. Lemmy, shut up, do you hear? And listen to me, both of you. Yes, sir. As soon as you've eaten, you'll put on your suits, attach your propulsion units, and get ready to go outside. Yes, Jet. You'll make your way from ship to ship until you reach number seven. Johnson will let you in. Whittaker will stay there. Lemmy, you'll escort Simmons, second crew member of number seven, to number two. Leave him there, and then escort Mitch to this ship. Now, is that all clear? Yes, Jet. Right. Now, when you're ready, Doc will open up the airlock for you. Main door, contact. Thanks, Doc. And here we go. You first, Whitaker. Now make sure your safety line is fast before you push off. Safety line fast. And away you go. As soon as you reach number one, hitch up. And wait for me to come over before you push off for number two. Pushing off now. Can you see them, Jeff? 
Yes, Whitaker just drifting into view now. Control calling space fleets. Calling flagship discovery. Have a message for you. Come in, please. I'll get it, Jeff. Well, let's hope there's something definite for us at last. Hello, Control. Flagship calling. Receiving you. Ready for your message. Over. Ah, Whitaker's made it, Doc. Lemmy's just following him across to number one. Good. Oh, they have a long way to go yet, though. Number seven is on the far side of the formation. Hello, Discovery. Barney, dear. We've made number one safely. Now preparing to cross the number two. Okay, Lemmy. I have you in full view. Uh, watch your step. Hello, Discovery. Receiving you loud and clear. Message is for Captain Morgan. Can he take it, please? They want you, Jet. No, I can't leave the televiewer. If it's not urgent, take it down to the recorder and I'll play it back later. Right. Ah, there goes Whittaker, heading for the next ship. Hello, Discovery. Control calling. Message concerns James E. Whittaker. Oh, Whittaker. Haven't records given us enough trouble over him already? Shall I take it, Jeff? No, either put it on the tape or ask them to let me call in a few right. minutes. Hello, Control. Captain Morgan can accept the message in a few minutes. Hello, Jet. Now hitch to number two. Preparing to take off for number three. Have you in full view? Go ahead, Lemmy. Hello, Discovery. We'll wait for Captain Morgan. Thank you. We'll call you. What's up with Whitaker now? Controls certainly started something when they began to get interested in him. Well, whatever it is, Doc, it can wait. Well, I must say, the atmosphere in the ship is a lot easier now he's gone. He's begun to get on my nerves. Did he, Doc? Well, I hate to admit it, but I'm afraid he did. There's something peculiar about him, Jeff. The way he walks, the way he looks at you. I know. I felt it myself. But why should he affect us like that? Everybody he comes into contact with seems to find something they don't like about him. It goes deeper than that, Doc. What? Lemmy's dream. What about it? Well, one of the things Rogers complained of was that all the time Whitaker was in his ship, he hardly dared sleep for fear of the frightening dreams he'd have. And then, when Whitaker comes over to our ship, almost the first day he's here, exactly the same thing happens to Lemmy. He wakes up hysterical, sweating all over and yelling his head off, and Whitaker calmly sleeps through it all. Frank had nightmares, too. So he said... But since Whittaker left number two and Mitch took his place, he hasn't had one. Hmm. Why didn't you mention this before? Well, I didn't think it was necessary. Hello, Jet. Now hitch to freighter number three. Ready to cross over to number four. Go ahead, Lemmy. Still have you in view. But how can a man's mere presence cause people to have nightmares? Well, search me, Doc, but I can't help feeling that Lemmy's aesthetics were no coincidence. Flagship calling freighter number seven. Come in, please. Johnson calling. Whitaker and Lemmy are now hitched to number six. I can see them, Skipper. Now, stand by to let them in, Johnson. Airlock's already exhausted and the main door is open. They can step straight in as soon as they get here. Good. And let me know when they're in the cabin, will you? Yes, sir. All right, Doc. It'll be a few minutes before number seven calls up again. If you care to take over here, I'll talk to Control. Sure, Jet. Recorder on. Hello, Control. Ready for your message. Come in, please. Hello, Jet. Now hitch to number seven. This is the end of the line. About to enter airlock. Go ahead, Lemmy. Oh, that's Doc, isn't it? Yeah, Lemmy. The jet's talking to control. He'll be back soon. Hello, Captain Morgan. Here's your message. Information on Whitaker received. It's been checked against his dossier in record section and found to be identical. Well, of course. But further investigations have revealed that the only James Edward Whitaker who answers to the description we have was born in 1893. 
to episode 3 of Journey into Space with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan David Kossoff as Lemmy Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc Bruce Beebe as Mitch and with David Jacobs and Anthony Marriott The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips who also composed the music Journey into Space is written by Charles Chilton and produced by him in the London studios of the BBC BBC